That I'll never ever get hard again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you stopped playing anthem. Exactly. <laughs> Topical. Topical. Nice. Disclaimer: I have not played anthem, nor do I intend to. Disclaimer: I've watched my brother play Apex Legends, and these games are all the same game. Yeah. They, I mean, that seems like it's a good one of those games. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I mean, I like the idea of, a, of you know sixty players randomly putting teams of three on a whole map where they've all got to do this, that, and the other. Like that's fine, but I'm I, I, I find battle royales. Yeah, I have little to I, no interest. I, in I find the overabundance of them boring. I really wanted to play Overwatch when it first came out. Well, that's and, not battle royale. That's just a straight up one player shooter. Yeah, but again, like it, it, that that sort of started that ball rolling of oh, people want to play online shooter stuff. Okay, we'll do that. Oh, they want they want it to be colourful and wacky. Oh yeah, which see, Overwatch yeah. didn't. Overwatch yeah. didn't invent, but it sort of well, yeah, capitalised and perfected. Really, it was kind of going head to head with Battleborn, mm, which, which died a death. <laughs> stillborn, essentially. <laughs> oh, like, it, didn't, it didn't do. <laughs> <laughs> it was oof, oh, woof, sir, woof, oh, woof. Oh, that is but, um, unpleasant. But it was never cheap enough. And then all these battle royals and shooters and Fortnite and all this have come out of sort of in the wake of that with loot box culture. And I'm like, I hate the term looter shooter. Can people stop calling things looter shooters? Schluter. Because it's just going to become like a cool nickname. For... Schluter's less fun, I suppose. But Schluter, it's just going to be... Schluter. Shoot... Looter shooter's just going to become a cool nickname for games that are relying too much on mobile style. I don't know. It's annoying. Basically, what I'm saying is, I'm finally playing through The Witcher 3, Matt, and yes. I am not good at RPGs. No. I'm also not good at introductions to podcasts, because every podcast is someone's first podcast, and to those who just tuned in for the first time, we're going, eh? Thanks for your patience. Your reward? An introduction. Welcome to the Big Damn Cast. <laughs> My name is Christopher... I bought a Lego Aragog for £5 this week, Johnson. <laughs> my name is Matthew. Oh my god, I cannot finish The Legend of Zelda, Watson. How how many eps are you in now? Three? I'm in mean, three eps. I nearly finished it. Nearly? Yesterday. Oh. Uh, but. Oh. Not yesterday as of this going out, because hopefully I will have finished it by yesterday as of this going out. Yeah. Because I, I got to the last dungeon and I'm, I think I'm, I'm so close to there. But I just didn't have enough. To, I, I played for two. I streamed for two and a half hours. Oh, good lord! And I just there's just a reason those games. There. There's a reason those games are really difficult, as you said last week. It's so it was like worth the cost. People pay the money for those old cartridge games, and they had to be tough. Legend of Zelda is pretty fucking great. It doesn't hold up graphically, but gameplay wise, it really holds up. I bet it has better voice acting in it than The Witcher. <laughs> it doesn't have any voice acting so probably there's, there's some good voice acting in The Witcher I've also been playing Gwent separately from The Witcher oh you're a, you're because it's a separate game it's a free to play game but you need to be connected to the PSN to play it yeah which is really strange because you're not playing against people immediately there's a whole storyline first no but you need it I have to play this game of cards you need it you need to I'm PSN. medieval Batman I'm medieval Batman um so there's that um but also there's other stuff because you're listening to a pop culture podcast you turds and what is what happened in pop culture this week Christopher many things nope it was Hollywood's biggest night Hollywood's biggest night hosted by everyone okay because it turns out you don't need a host for the Oscars because it doesn't become a competition to create viral moments anymore it just becomes an excuse to see lots of fun actors make comedy appearances and little skits that was more fun 
King so Michael like... King, King Michael King floated down to introduce the Mary Poppins song with an umbrella from the ceiling. Is it the biggest? That's the sort of stuff I'd want to watch. The biggest, most expensive episode of Saturday Night Live ever made. Arguably funnier. <laughs> well, well, depends on the sketch. I don't, you, did I ever show you that Adam Driver one of SNL where he plays like a? It's a show and tell, and he's playing like Pete Davidson's dad, and he was like an oil tycoon. Oh yeah, yeah, That's yeah, one yeah, of the yeah. Funniest That's things really I've seen good. in the last six months. That's like, really I piss myself watching that, and I'm like, if SNL was like this all the time, people wouldn't mock it for being. Oh, that was as funny as an SNL skit. Although that being said, two SNL characters made a cameo at the Oscars, mm. which we'll get into. And it just made me go, I really mm. want to, I really want to watch that movie. But I also don't want these two to get back together and make another movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'll just stick with your original movie, guys. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so the Oscars. But not only the Oscars, uh, Detective Pikachu is gearing up to a new trailer release. And as of the recording of this episode, um, they released a weird little promotional film with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. So we'll chat briefly about that. Because yeah. I just want to talk about it and my love for the And also the other teaser that's got a licky tongue in it. Yes. <gasps> and everyone was like, oh, it looks gross. It's like, look at a licker tongue. It's again. a licker tongue. It's not look supposed to look tongue. cool. It's a licker tongue. It's, it's a big tongue. It's a pink flesh vor lizard. <laughs> it's here for your sexual kink and nothing Ooh, else. Uh, and this kid's moment. I don't like that. Mm, you say that now. I. Yeah. Come with me nope. on a magical never journey again. through DeviantArt. Literally This never is my again. Sonic OC. Don't steal it. This is... <laughs> <laughs> it, used to be, it used to be on Tumblr, but apparently they don't like seeing hedgehogs erect penis. No. So... <laughs> hedgehogs erect penis. Yes. Not hedgehogs erect penises. Just the hedgehogs erect penis. If you had a Sonic OC... Yeah. Would it, would its penis also have spikes? Or would it be a bear penis? No, I'd be... My, Not to so, be confused with a bear's penis. I have thought about this. Mind you, is your OC. My Sonic OC <laughs> is a koala. So technically, oh. I would have a forkhead penis. <gasps> Barbed. Barbed like, forkhead like penis. Like Matt Smith's Sonic screwdriver. Yeah. <laughs> and it has the same green glow to it when it unfolds. Oh, also. nice! Can we not talk about Sonic characters and penises ever again, please? Yes, we can. But we'll also talk about we can talk about those things separately, but not in the same context. <laughs> we'll also talk about a couple of emails you guys sent in toward the end of the episode, talking about last week's video game. Topic. Oh yes, and um, one which you know only when I was editing last week's episode did I realize how long it was. I didn't think we'd go for an hour and thirty minutes just on video games, but we did. So now I can go for an hour and 30 minutes on video game. Are you talking multiples? We're going to be here for a while. If you had to, like, suddenly present to a university hall, just a, it a, a like potted that. history of... Well, I know, it's because <laughs> you never wear pants to places in academia. <laughs> um, if a nudist colony were like, excuse me, we have a university on site, nah. would you come and host a talk on a video game for an hour? What video game would you pick, do you think? You know what I'm going to say. I don't, because I, I, you're, 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 you're a learned man. See, I, I'd assume a Metal Gear game, possibly. Yeah, Metal Gear Solid. Okay. Two. Metal Gear Solid 2. Ah, uh, see, see, I can't narrow it down, because you know mm. what you're thinking's in your mind. Mm. Metal Gear Solid but 2. But at the same time, like, I wouldn't be surprised if you, you know, whipped out your big, <whistles> on another game and be like, there you go. What, what could I do? What could I do? Um, 
<laughs> yeah, your, persona, your Persona 4 presentation would just be you going, yeah, but Chie, though. Yeah, but Chie, though. Chie, guys. Yeah, but... Chie, waifu? Yeah, waifu you can, material? You can. Is she waifu material? I, mm, I don't like using that term. Oh. Uh, <laughs> is she something else? I don't know. Uh, I don't know what any of it means. Listen, you can romance all the female characters in that game. And it, their, their consequences are minor. But if you're romancing anyone except Chie... You're wrong. <laughs> I've been when playing it. I'm probably about twenty hours into it. I've kept yeah. my options open. I've been kind you of flirty with everyone. Because you early. might not have enough time to get the social links. Max, if you want silent max protagonist, out, if you want to max out all the social links in one playthrough, you've got to be very careful about what you do and when. Mm, yeah. Do you know what I'm terrible at? Everything. The pop quizzes. Yeah. <laughs> the pop quizzes in the classrooms. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I don't are. know my Japanese history no, too well. No, so it does have to be potluck most of the time. And speaking of potluck, potluck, our first item, our on the last agenda, item. Should we should we talk pocket mons? Uh, um, pocket look. Let's, let's speak. Po- let's let's speak potluck, shall we? Um, so Texas Pikachu's coming out now. The new trailer uh, hasn't hit in time for this recording. Why but not? if you want to see our thoughts on it. Got a big damn cast on Twitter because we'll inevitably have a chin wag. Oh, oh, mate! But in the meanwhile, I'll probably like it. There was a new teaser trailer released a couple of weeks back, which we didn't speak of. Yeah, speak on it, sir. Oh, the the little one where he's drinking coffee, and also, uh, silent but deadly, and there's a licky tongue and a gramble, a giant gramble. A gramble is like mm. that. Gramble's a big bastard. Yeah. Where's the rest of his body? Is it below the desk? Is he sat on his hind legs? Actually, is it a gramble or is it a snubble? Uh, Does it have the Oh tusks? no, it's a snubble. That's why it's that's why it's weirdly intimidating because it's a snubble. And snubble's the smaller version. Yeah. Gramble I could a gramble I could imagine being the size of like a baby bear. But this thing is like this thing's like Venusaur sized. Mm. This is a big snubble. Mm. With his little little mouth and tiny little teeth. Little uh, little bulldog mouth. Mm. Adorable. You know, speaking of tiny bear Pokemon of all. Speaking there of large barbed bear there, penises. There is a 7th gen Pokemon called Beware. Shut up. Which, um... Shut up. The Pokedex entry for it implies that it has a... It has an unfortunate tendency to, to, to kill its trainers by hugging them too tightly. Oh, good God. Not, That's like your name being, I'm a murderer. Not out of malice. Still! Just because it, lo- it, just because it loves its trainers so much and it's so strong. What is wrong with the Pokemon company? I love them. I love it. I hope Detective Pikachu does so well that they decide to make several Pokemon-themed films and one of them is just a horror film. Drifloons. Drifloons trying to drag Drifloons children to the underworld. everywhere. Gastlies. They're massive Gengar. Hypnos eating the dreams. Oh, yeah. Freddy Krueger Hypno. Oh. Get it on DeviantArt. It's got oh. a oh, it's my Hypno OC. Don't steal. <laughs> um... Oh, so yeah, it's just that movie looks look like it looks like a, a special kind of, of nostalgia driven, gleeful fun. But it's also playing to multiple audiences because Ryan Reynolds released a teaser video called "Becoming Detective Pikachu." Yes, about his method and how he got into the role. And it's just this short little piece where Ryan Reynolds and occasionally Blake Lively outside the actor studio, yeah, <laughs> discuss his process. How he abandoned his school kids because he found out he got the role on the way to pick them up, so he didn't pick them up. Because Detective Pikachu doesn't have kids. <laughs> Why would he be here? He doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have a wife. 
And it's just these these really thoughtful looking like profile shots of him breathing closely next to a Pokeball, <laughs> like he's sort of inhaling its metallic animal slaving annual with a magnifying glass. My favourite part being his phone just next to him that has clearly just slid out of his pocket <laughs> and he hasn't moved it. I'm like, I like that. Pikachu wouldn't move it. You guys are just titting around taking photos. You don't even take it this seriously. <laughs> nope. Um, no one should take any of this seriously. I, I'm delighted. That's why I think it's, it's it looks so fun because they're taking it just seriously it, enough. As a property, it looks like this movie's self-aware. Yes. And that is so kind of... It's a relief to find that out. It's self-aware. Because this is not going to be everyone's cup of tea. So it may as well be like, hey, I know you're probably dragged here by your kids. We're going to entertain you as well. It's self-aware enough that yeah. in this little teaser video, Blake Lively calls out Ryan Reynolds for not even doing a voice. Yeah. It's like, it's his voice. <laughs> it's literally his, He didn't do anything different. It's him. That's so good. I just... I really hope that tone is, is present in the film. It appears to be based on the teasers and everything. Yes, yeah. And uh, my look at Tongo see is on DeviantArt. <laughs> Please do not steal. I have two important questions, and you need my to choose custom, between my custom Licky Tongue evolution. Well, it'd be another because Licky Tongue already evolves. <laughs> oh, don't tell me that. Um, Licky Lick. Oh no, don't tell me that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am hard or red. Has a little bow tie. Oh, <laughs> that sounds like a Sonic <laughs> I have two questions for you, and you must pick your poison. Which okay. one are you going to answer? One. What is Licky Tongue's penis shape? Like? <laughs> Or two, <laughs> can you take us back to Hollywood's biggest night, um, the Oscars 2019? I could answer both of those questions, but since I have to choose one, I let's talk about Hollywood's biggest night. Because oh. <laughs> um, I don't want to talk about any penises anymore. Bulbous pocket but, mom. But then... We've got to talk about the Oscars, so... Hey-o! That's the Pogue. Go the 91st... That's, that's Fiesta by the Pogues. Buy that track so we don't get in trouble. The 91st <laughs> Academy Awards. Mm. How many... How many white dudes in their 90s do we know that are good dudes? I'll be honest, I don't know any white guy in their 90s. And we're like, you know, Oscar's getting on. He's probably got some old-fashioned views. Maybe it's time to retire him? Are you trying to make a race allegory here? No. In relation to... No. We're making Oscar into a person no. instead of a not thing. at all. Not at all. The, the Oscars doesn't have a problem hey. with, with race at all. No, the Oscars is the Oscars is accepting and woke now. Yeah. Hence why Best Picture went to a movie that misrepresented its subject matter. As, as Lindsay Ellis so, so perfectly put, Spike Lee is real pissed that he lost to Driving Miss Daisy again. Yeah, <laughs> except it was flipped. Yeah. The driver was yeah, flipped. Yeah, yeah. That was the only difference. It's like, oh. The colour of the driver was different. Like, good, I, I'm, I'm, I've seen Green Book. I liked it. I imagine it's a, I imagine it's a piece of cinema. It's a really good it piece of cinema. It is absolutely the most... If you want to talk about movies that came out this year, this year gone, that, the, were, up, that were up for best picture, that dealt with the way society handles race better than... Green Book, there's two in the same Best Picture category. Black Panther and Black Klansman. Yeah. Yeah. I can think of off the top of my head. Black Panther had the best 
one single line related to sort of Bury race me in and the ocean history. with my uh, what is it with my ancestors because they knew that death was better than bondage. Yeah. Like. Yeah, like that is the greatest piece of dialogue to come out of the MCU experiment. And just. it is probably the most poignant line about race and, and the history of Michael of B. Black Jordan America. was just stunning in that film. Yeah. Yeah. And did you see the photos of the cast of Black Panther, by the way? I didn't see Angela that Bassett minute. had like sort of a she presented what she had like a big pink gown. She looked I mean Angela Bassett, she's Angela Bassett. all the time. Yeah. But like the rest of the Black Panther cast that were in attendance, like Winston Duke was there, Lapita Nyongo, Danai Guerrero was there. Um with really cool like braids. Like Ooh, nice. cause the thing is I'm I'm not like a Walking Dead fan, so I don't Danai Guerrero to me is a Koye, so I always find it odd when I'm like, oh, she's got hair. Of course she's got hair. She just didn't have hair for a Koye. But, um, like, it was just like, oh my god, hi. <laughs> I, already kind of, I already kind of fancied her. My wife fancies her, and I fancies her even more. Um, but, like, everybody from the Black Panther cast sort of came in very kind of, it was almost like their attire was a nod to the design of yeah. that film. Like, it, there was, there was, an, there was like an Afrofuturist bent to everyone's, everyone's, uh, outfits. And it was like, oh, that's really cool. That looks really, really cool. Um, so yeah, uh, Black Panther is freaking amazing and didn't win Best Picture, that's fine, but it also won a bunch of other stuff. Yes. The first MCU movie to get Oscars. Uh, I think not, not the one for... No, not, I don't think any of them have won one before. They've been nominated. Because uh, uh, Marvel was nominated for visual effects this year. Infinity War was nominated for visual effects and lost to First Man. Which is, you know, fine. Yeah. But... And I'm sure I'm not seeing First Man, so I couldn't. I'm sure the visual effects works amazing, but on Twitter, someone was putting screen grabs of First Man up, saying, "I mean, this is great, but then look at this," and they just put up photos of Thanos' face in various scenes. They were like, "I mean, there's no competition really <laughs> over like who had the best visual effects work done to their overall movie." Jesus, but, look at the fucking jacket on Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Oh, with like, oh. Sort of the next. I think. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Look at yes. that. Yes. Oh, the production designer for Black Panther. Yeah. Oh my days! Yeah. That is incredible. Yes, Chadwick. I no wonder she won an Oscar for that. What? You didn't hear that. What? Sorry. No. No. I'm just going to sleep with Chadwick Boseman. Oh. Okay. Um. So. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Um. That's fine. I mean, I, loads of people I, killing I, him. I, 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 want, I want him. I want him. I want him to serenade me like when he played James Brown and get on up. Oh. But yes. I don't want. But I don't want him to beat me like James Brown does to his spouse and get on up. No. Because that would be. We do not want this. Um, I want, I want the Oscars to be held by Alan Partridge. Uh, Billy did, did you watch? Did you watch? Dress, that did, you, did you watch the first episode of this time with Alan Partridge? Uh, no. I oh hear my it's god! Good. Please watch. I it. hear it's good. It's oh, so I should probably watch that. BBC One, and it's feel it feels like a like a nineties BBC Two, ten thirty p.m. kind of thing. It's really good, and it and it bleeds the worlds together. Because you've got stuff like oh, his entire character history from the BBC Two stuff is in there, but then like all the stuff that's happened since with the character on Sky is acknowledged and spoken about, and the character from Mid Morning Matters is in okay, this. Okay, okay, it's okay. Really, really, I get really down with good. that, and it's played completely straight as well. Um, um, it's like you're watching on Ring Main in in a BBC building. That's what you're seeing. Because whenever it cuts to VTs, if you don't see the VT, it's just them sat there and talking. It's really good. Spike Lee came in cosplay as Waluigi. <laughs> Well, Waluigi is best boy. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can, I can, I can dig it. And Spike Lee's amazing. So did, you see, oh, did you see him in Sam Jackson when Spike Lee came up stage for best, best no, on, I, I, for best I, need to, I, I should have looked at more. Pictures. Sam Jackson was like shouting like Spike Lee. 
And then he came up, he sort of was like picking him up and jumping and hugging oh. with him. It was so cute. I, I, I am I am really gutted for Spike Lee that he didn't get Best Director or I mean, Best Film. I've, I've said this a lot about awards ceremonies and stuff. The nomination is as, is as important as the win. Because the nomination is acknowledgement of the work done. Yeah. Um, the win's unimportant because the win is just what has been determined usually by a bunch of crusty old white dudes being wine and dined by producers. Yeah, which which shows in some of these wins. Yeah, oh god, yeah. Well, it, it shows in the Oscars every year when like the same six movies are in nearly every category. That's always a really big sign. Like, I'm, I'm sure, um, you know, like, Roma or A Star yeah. Is Born deserve awards, absolutely. But the fact they're in nearly every category, you're like... Why? Because they've been sold to the Academy head voters, essentially. Yeah. That's why it happens. You look at any Oscars and there's always four, five, six films that are in nearly every category. Yeah. yeah. Without fail. And it's because... I think I think I wrote on our Twitter this week. I think... I think I said we're going to find out. Yeah. You know, they're, they're all winners. The winner winners are just the ones who bully the white dudes nicer. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> put a finger up there. Um, put a finger up the cheeky old... But also... A lot of the films... These are jokes I can't make on my Twitter feed. A lot of the films I show up, <laughs> that show up in multiple categories uh, are because the better films are just generally better across all aspects of mm. the craft. So I get that. Yeah. I get that. Of course that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, although some of these were really surprising. Um, Shall we go through category by category? Yes. Well, have a chinwag. This, about Hollywood's biggest night. This is the list on the on the Guardian website, so it's in a bit of a weird order. That's fine. I'm down to clown, son. But first of all, we can talk about the Best Supporting Actress category. Let's really for do that. Which were nominated. I. Emma Stone for The Favourite. Cool. Rachel Weisz also for The Favourite. Cool. Amy Adams for Vice. Cool. Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk. Cool. It would say, ow, stop stepping on me. <laughs> And Marina de Tavira for Roma. Ah, okay. Uh, on the night I went to Regina King for yes. Real Secret Talk. Or Regina Yas Queen. Ah, uh, nice. I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> I have not seen if Real Street could Talk, but the um, the trailers make it look like a hell of a powerhouse drama, so mm. sure. Go for it. Sure. Regina King's also great, so fair enough. The only film from that category I've seen is The Favourite, and yeah, Amazon and Rachel Vice are great in that. And it also led to the um, what do you want me to say? sort of most uh, charming moment of the whole night when Regina King got up and her dress sort of was caught around the chair very briefly and Chris Evans, two seats away, helps her unhook it and turns it into not like a there you go moment. He then links her and walks her up part of the stairs and then lets her carry on up. It's like, <sighs> dude, y- y- you're Steve Rogers. <laughs> like, you are just Steve Rogers. I you're Steve Rogers. I love Chris Evans. He's great. I love him. He's freaking great. If if I'd love him more if he wasn't such a white Chris. But <laughs> what's wrong with white Chris's? Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pine. Yeah, Christopher Yonko Johnson. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's the worst. He's the worst. He's the absolute um, worst. Best best makeup and hair. Go on, who are the nominees for this one? Border. I haven't seen. That's that weird. Yeah, I think it's not out. Or it's not got a general release here. It's a strange Scandinavian film about a border patrol person who uh, Neanderthals. Oh, that one. Um, yeah. Mary, Queen of Scots, and Vice. Wait, Border's the one that um, Aubrey Plaza's obsessed with, and she had a screening done for it last month, and it went horribly wrong. And she does an amazing anecdote about it on on. Um, Conan O'Brien's show. Okay, I'll have to look that up. It's amazing. Like, she tells the weirdest anecdote 
and it goes so horribly wrong. Oh, two, I can't, that's not surprising. I can't remember which actors it is, but two of her guests go up and pretend to be... One of them pretends to be the director of the movie because they're stalling for time. Brilliant. And they Brilliant. just do a Q&A pretending to be this like Scandinavian director. Sure. Uh, sure. Who sure. won? Who won? Best makeup? Vice. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Again, best makeup and probably also most makeup. Yeah, because it's lots of, of prosthetics. These, yeah, we made a bunch of these people look like real people. Real people? I mean, people who are known. Public, public figures. Was Vice a Adam McKay? Yes. Uh, okay. So you kind of know you kind of know what you're in for, then, go. Yeah, it's probably why I've not bothered with it. I like the Big Short. Like I enjoyed the Big Short, but it's just it's just been a little smug about Adam McKay. Mm. I find just a little bit. Mm. What else has Adam McKay directed? Did he wait? Did he do Walk Hard? No. Oh, if someone from that set did Walk Hard's the otherwise I'm gonna have to eat my words. Walk Hard's the the the. The the mock film isn't it the mock, the the mock Dewey, the Dewey Cox story. the Dewey Cox story I've not seen Walk Hard I would love to see Walk Hard thank you Patrick H Will uh, H Willem but um, um, let's see oh no directed. Jake Kasdan directed it Adam McKay's directed com- comedies though right yeah because um, wasn't that the surprise do, 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 do. turn of him suddenly doing these like films about financial Which crashes are and stuff? basically comedies yeah uh, or, or very quirky. Biopic. Oh, he did An- Anchorman. Anchorman, Talladega Nights. You don't really direct Anchorman. You just sort of go, yeah. <laughs> you guys say words, and we'll edit our favourite stuff in. The other guys, um, Anchorman 2. Oh, that was it, because people were saying, isn't it weird that it's two of the best picture nominees are directed by Step Brothers and Movie 42 people? Like, <sighs> oh, Movie 42, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, was yeah. it Movie 43? Yeah, because... No, we... it wasn't Movie 43, yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. <sighs> but yeah, Vice, whatever. I have little to no opinion on Vice. I have little to no opinion. I have little to no opinion. Um, best documentary. Free Solo, Minding the Gap, RBG, Hale County This Morning, This Evening, of Fathers and Sons. RBG was a favourite. Who won? Free Solo won it. I have no idea what any of them are about. Huzzah! But, again, the nomina- nomination is better than the win, because the nomination means people will then go, oh, I wonder what that is, and go and check it out. Mm. So, that? Best costume design. Yes. Uh, Ruthie Carter for Black Panther, Sandy Powell for The Favourite, Sandy Powell for Mary Poppins Returns. Oh! Ale- can that count? Can you be nominated for two She's movies? nominated for two separate films, yeah. Damn. Uh, Alexandra Byrne for Mary Queen of Scots, and Mary Zophris for The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Huh. Where was Black Panther? Ruthie Carter for Black Panther. Because it was a mix of Afrofuturism and superhero tech stuff, and it looked and amazing. And it looked incredible. Um, so fair enough, yeah. Yeah. Again, all good. Why all not? good. Like Why Mary not? Poppins looked nice. I mean, ninety percent of the costumes were chimney sweep outfit, but fine. Yes. Words. Yes. Sorry, Leary. <laughs> Lamp lighters. <laughs> um, uh, here's the first upset. <laughs> oh, best film editing. Oh Christ. Bohemian Rhapsody. John so ju- just want to point this out, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Film editing is incredibly important. This was a category that a lot of the uh, big A-listers in Hollywood with social media made a point of saying when the Academy announced they were probably going to put this during the ad breaks, hey, no. You make sure this gets seen. This yeah. is important. Editing is important. Films live or die on their editing. The original Star Wars would not be what it was today without the editor coming oh, yeah, in and fixing right. what George Lucas had put together. Tarantino movies were because they're edited properly. Yeah. Hey, have you ever loved Fight Club? A lot of that's down to the editing yeah. of that movie. That's why it works so well. Yeah. 
you know. The films obviously use editing to tell its structure completely in a way that's really ingrained in it. Like Memento. If you enjoy Memento, editing is why that movie works. If, if you don't like a movie and you can't put your finger on why, chances are it's the editing. So this is important. So the fact that it's acknowledged in such a way by so many is great. Let's so, see what films are up for nomination. Nominated, we've got John Ottman for Bohemian Rhapsody, okay. Hank Cohen for Vice, mm. Barry Alexander Brown for Black Klansman, uh, Yorgos Mavro... Oh, fucking hell. Yorgos Mavrosaridis for The Favourite, and Patrick J. Don Vito for Green Book. Okay, now, would you say Green Book and The Favourite are very well-edited movies? Mm, the Favourite is. Definitely, there's a pacing with The Favourite. There's a lot of... Green Book, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Favourite is very episodic. Um, so... There is a bit of that, I think, um, um, but it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of long shots, and I imagine Vice would be edited like to perfection. Adam McKay, if it's, it's in the, a, if it's in the style got of a rhythm to them, yeah, yeah, if it's in the style of, of, of um, the Big Short, like it again, will be this slick machine of a film that will, that will flow really punchy and be really nice. Black Klansman is excellent again. It le- leans into the, into the way that you talked about uh, editing, informing storytelling. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a great sequence where it intercuts between a room full of rich, oh, well not rich but like white um, KKK members mm. sitting down to a private screening of Birth of a Nation, oh god, um, and having a whale of a time while at another location a group of Black Panthers um, are listening raply to an old dude talk about. Um, his friend being lynched and oppression in the south mm. and all that stuff and it the way it cuts between the two and juxtaposes them is fucking brilliant yeah and also there is some other moments in that it's just a very Black Hansman was fucking great who won Matt? John Altman for Bohemian Rhapsody I mean hi listener some people have made the case go online listener go <laughs> online and search Bohemian Rhapsody editing some people have made the case. Watch any scene, guys. That Bohemian Rhapsody. Any scene. Is only watchable because of the work of John Ottman getting it into a shape where it is actually a film. That may be, gentle listener, but. So still, maybe that was such a Herculean task that he deserves best editing? Still go and watch that film, gentle listener. Also, go, and watch, go and watch an extract of it. I mean, yeah, don't watch the whole thing. Just fucking mess. Just peek at it. Peek at any scene with the mess. with the group in the same scene. As I said on Twitter a few weeks ago when it was being discussed, it's fucking diabolical. Best production design. Yes. Um. Fiona Crombie and Alice Felton for the favorite. Nathan Aye. Crowley and Kathy Lucas for First Man. Eugenio Caballero and Barbara Enrique for Roma. John Meyer and Gordon Sim for Mary Poppins Returns, and Hannah Be- uh, Hannah Beechler and Jay Hart for Black Panther. This is cinematography. Best production design. Oh, production design. Sorry. Uh, okay. Um, Black Panther creates like whole new culture and worlds and stuff. Yeah. So that, or at least puts it in the spotlight in a way that's not been done in a mainstream Hollywood movie. Yeah, and and then kind of tinkers with it. Yeah. Um, that could be quite nice. A couple of the others, sorry, go on. Mary Poppins is Mary Poppins. Yeah, it, it looks lush. That film looks gorgeous. I mean, yeah, Weirdly, the most wonderful looking sequence is animated, but still. The favourite is a uh, heightened period piece. There's some great yeah. production design in that. Also, I, we, I mean, we talked about costume design and it was nominated, but I mean, 
There aren't many other films where you get to see Nicholas Holt in a ridiculous powdered wig <laughs> and f- as full-on leader of the leader of the Tories. Apart from his unlisted uh, YouTube channel. Wow. We'll get to that. Where he, um, where he dresses as a Sonic OC. Oh. So yeah, The, the Favourite's a gorgeous looking film. Um, cool Juan. Black Panther! Hey! Because it was truly groundbreaking in the way that it brings um, things that aren't sort of Eurocentric uh, ideas of fashion and architecture and futurism into the mainstream in the way that, like I said, that hasn't really been done before. Um, and so, you know, well deserved. Hot diggity. Best sound editing. Ah, I think I know where this is going. First Man. Okay. There's no editors listed for this. It's just films. First Man, huh. A Quiet Place, Bohemian Rhapsody, Black Panther, and Roma. Now, the just world. The just world. A Quiet Place would get this. Because it is a film which hinges almost entirely on sound and the use thereof. Yeah, and the lack thereof in the right moments. Oh, by the way, it's getting a sequel with um, uh, with uh, John Krasinski returning to direct and Emily Blunt returning to star. Oh, okay. So it's still a story of family. So that's happening. Albeit a reduced family. Well. Um, <laughs> no spoilers. Uh, so, <laughs> so... Okay, A Quiet Place will get it. I have not bought that movie yet because I don't have 7.1. I know, in, right? In my living room. It and seems I, like I a kind waste. Of, I kind of want... It seems like a waste. Because in the cinema, I remember... I remember suddenly thinking in the cinema, oh, this is what silence sounds like. Because I was in a, you know, sort of a third full screening. It's, yeah, it's No one was making a damn noise. Deafening silence. Because everyone was just gripped by what they were watching. And it was, like, the world when we left seemed so much noisier than usual. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's so well done. Yeah. Um, there's very sort of, there's a lot of use of ambience, like, very subtly in the soundtrack. Sorry, and ambience. 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 Evion. Evion. <laughs> um, it's so well balanced. So, in a just world, quite polite to forget this. Considering it was, I believe, its only nomination at the Oscars. I think so. I mean, we'll, we'll find out for sure as we go down. Because but... films like A Quiet Place and, uh, and Eighth Grade and a bunch of others that were really loved and critically lauded got acknowledged at the Screen Actors Guild and the... Um, the other, the the other, oh god, what was the other awards? It was last week. Uh, Golden Globes. No, no, no. no. Uh, After no, no, no. There's an American one, um, Independent Spirit Awards. Oh, okay. Uh, th- those those films were all sort of acknowledged and lauded over the last couple of weeks. Like uh, people were annoyed that uh, I can't remember the surname, but Elsie, the young girl, who's the star of Eighth Grade, oh, yes. didn't, didn't get any noms at the Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, people were annoyed that Bob Burnham's screenplay didn't get a nom at the Oscars. Um, and yet she was at the Oscars and there's a lot of interviews and red carpet stuff like obviously talking to her is about being a really young performer it's like so she clearly was meant to be nominated guys then she was clearly yeah. meant to be nominated in some way this film was meant to be in here somewhere but wasn't because Bob Burnham didn't go around sucking crusty old white dude's dicks for a couple of weeks essentially but what or else? at least if he did the ones he wanted to <laughs> I don't know what Bob Burnham gets up into in his spare time. You want to take it all where African neck rings? Ooh, they make your neck longer. <laughs> Some early bow there. Some early bow. But yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody won it because of course it did. 
I mean, again, concert movies, so there's going to be... It's a film about music. We're going to make it win. It's not very good. It's not very good. It's like one level above someone's manga AMVs but set to Linkin Park. But Queen was sat on the front row. Oh, which I felt really, really oh. sorry for whoever was on the second and third row because Brian May's hair was going to be in the way. Oh. And also, uh, they came and did a song with Adam Lambert because, of course, they did. I, mean, fair, I think fair enough. If, if Bohemian Rhapsody hadn't been nominated, I think that's a cool way to open the Oscars and just be like, hey, Bohemian Rhapsody did well financially and everything. Fucking Queen opened the Oscars. Fair enough. I'm fine with that. Yeah, but Christopher. Ladies and gentlemen, just to reiterate, we, we, do, we do like Queen. I love Queen. We just like them less and less. I don't In like their current Rhapsody. incarnation, the more we hear about the production history of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. Um, <laughs> and on the same level, best sound mixing. Bohemian Rhapsody? Bohemian Rhapsody won uh, over A Star Is Born, First Man, Aroma, and Black Panther. So. See, with that, I would have thought um, First Man would be up for that. I've not seen First Man, so I couldn't tell you. But just that, the the, the, the certain places they're going to go in that story, like yeah. the surface of the moon and everything, there's going to be a lot of play there, so. But fuck it. Yeah. Best foreign language film. Okay. Uh, Mexico gave us Roma. Poland gave us Cold War. Japan gave us Shoplifters. Lebanon gave us Capernaum. And Germany gave us Never Look Away. Okay. Who won? Roma. Because people love Alfonso Cuaron movies, and by all accounts, this is fucking great. Yeah. And also, Roma sucks him all day. Well, no, I don't know. It's. I don't deny the quality of the product, but it was the one foreign film that was in every other category. Yeah. Uh, maybe it is just that good, though. True. But also, the Academy have been aware of Alfonso Cuaron for a while. Hmm. He is um, pretty damn mate. The dude set the the look and vibe for the biggest franchise Warner Brothers has ever had with one movie. To be fair. To the point where they're still trying to copy his style and they're, they're nowhere near as good as he was at it. To be fair, he didn't have a very high bar to clear because Christopher Columbus made the blandest pair of films. How dare <laughs> you, sir? They're charming and full of that British twinkle. <laughs> Uh, best supporting actor <laughs> Mahershala Ali for Green Book Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me Sam Elliott for A Star Is Born Adam Driver for Black Klansman and Sam Rockwell for Vice now before we move on yes I think we all know who we wanted to win this just to see his reaction Richard E. Grant has been hashtag living his best life oh. for the past, like, three weeks. For the past... For all these nominations... Uh, 40 odd years. Well, <laughs> for, for all these nominations and all these award ceremonies he's been a part of the last few weeks. And he's been he's made no thing about, like, winning would be a beautiful thing and it would be great. But I'm just overwhelmed and overjoyed that I get to have this. And yeah, get to, yeah. Get to have this time and everything. And he's one of those people who social media's really well. Yeah. Like fangirling out on people and people going like you're Richard E. Grant <laughs> like, it's weird to see you fangirling on Barbara Streisand yeah he got to take selfie with her and have a chat with her at the Oscars and it was like good. there's his win there's his win he took a selfie with her and it's really <laughs> adorable um, so yeah well, I think we all wanted him to win just to be that icing on the cake yeah oh, but he didn't win who won Best Supporting Actor Mahashala Ali, Ali for Green Book he's great in that yeah. like Hands down, he's great. Is it a co-lead, though? Yeah. But 
you know that they put him in for best supporting actor because they thought he had a better chance of winning it. Yeah, by which I mean the people pushing for the nominations. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they, so the Green Book producers would have put him in as best supporting actor because he thought he had a better chance. Now, wouldn't it have been a lot more genuinely progressive to have put Viggo Mortensen in best supporting? It's Reg- regardless. Of I the mean, win. yeah, yeah. Because again, like I say, is. the nomination is as big as the win. In all honesty, because you carry that around anyway. Like Academy Award nominated actor, you still carry that. It's there. It's you still get to put four random words on your description from that point on. But didn't didn't he win for Moonlight? No, that was um, that was the Revenant year, wasn't it? I can't remember. No, Moon, uh, Moonlight wasn't the Revenant year because Moonlight lost out to La La Land. Remember, they announced that Moonlight was the best picture, and then they were like, "Oh no, no, it's La La Land." Do you remember that? Horrible debacle. No, it was it's La Land. No, it's Moonlight. Moonlight won it. Oh, Moonlight won. Uh, no, uh, he won wait. best supporting actor for Moonlight. So he's won he's won best supporting actor twice. Nice, fair enough. Uh, twenty seventeen and twenty nineteen. Bookends. Moonlight and Green Book. Bookends. Yeah, can have. So, you can literally use them as bookends book on it. the shelf. Why not? I mean, expensive he's, bookends. He's he's. Oh, Marshall Ali is just so good. Did you see? Did you see his he's outfit so at the Oscars? Uh, yes. I'll, yeah. 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 Kind of, just, he looked slick. I mean, these are cool looking guy as, as so many of these movie stars are but you know um, best animated feature eh uh, eh uh, eh uh, uh, go on then Incredibles <laughs> 2 Ralph Breaks the Internet Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Isle of Dogs and Mirai Mirai? don't know why that is what is Mirai it's um, <laughs> it's a Japanese hang on is it the one about is it the one about the, the, the guy and he has the baby sister and then the kid, the yes, lad, yeah, the baby yeah. sister, and then the baby sister comes back. Yeah, like the baby sister suddenly shows up one day as like a fully grown teenager, yeah. and she's like, "I'm your sister from the future," and it's a weird time travel fantasy film. Yeah, it looked really it, cool that from that trailer. I was like, "I would watch this." Is it a um, it look, it's got a Ghibli look to it, but I don't think it's a Ghibli movie. Did you see Ralph breaks the internet? No, I didn't. Neither did I, because but... I heard so much middling stuff about it. I was like, you know what? I'm all right. I think. I think had it come out in a, a different year from Ready Player One, I would have been like, okay, because uh, it did feel like last of. year it was just here's franchise compila- compilation films. But I think I think I'd watch it now. I'd watch franchises, it now. franchises. Incredibles Two was a was a fine film. I wouldn't say it was it the was best animated. Fine, like, I wouldn't say it was the best picture of winner for animated thingy. I love Dogs looked great, but I didn't get around to seeing it. Mm. And again, I think I think when it comes to best animated picture, you have to look. Because it, it animated films should be eligible for the Best Picture Award, and they have been in the past. I think if the, uh, yeah, well, that's Toy Story started, nominated. wasn't it? I was beating the Beast and Toy Story. I don't think Beauty and the Beast got nominated. No, Beauty and the Beast did, and it because of that it created this category. Okay, this category came out the next year because. Oh of that. right, this is a, this is not been a long-standing thing. Okay. Yeah, the best animated feature uh, came out of the back of Beauty and the Beast. It might have been the year after or the year after was when they finally did it. But it was because Beauty and the Beast was nominated for Best Picture and you know the crusty old white dudes were like, we don't want cartoons up for this. Cartoons? So they were given their own thing. So if you're going to have Best Animated Feature thing, make sure that animated films get a look in for Best Picture but then award Best Animated Feature to the biggest technical and artistic achievement. If you were going to do it down to that... There are two front runners in this particular category. Yeah. Um, one of them is Isle of Dogs because a, a phenomenal amount of work we've got into making that. Yeah. The other is Spider-Man into the Motherfucking Spider-Verse, which of course won this category. It because won. Not only is it the best animated film of the year, it's the best animated film of the last decade. 
one of the best animated films of all time. Because of screeners and features. The best Spider-Man film of all time. People have been pausing like scenes and oh, yeah. sort of glitchy There's moments. So much detail. So many things hidden in there. Um a clip's been doing the rounds of uh, toward the end when they're in the train carriage in the fight and the collider yes and, yeah, yeah. and Vanessa and Richard Fisk are there and it's glitching and you see you, the idea is that all of because what's implied in that scene is that every version of them has just seen Wilson yeah as a monster again yeah. and he's just he's effectively done the same thing that he believes ruined his life and that Spider-Man was responsible for it he's just done it again himself yeah. without that Spider-Man there, it was never his fault. It was always yours and you've now shown yourself to be a monster to every possible version of your late wife and child across the multiverse. You fucking monster. Which is great. Yes. One of the Someone freeze-framed it and skipped through and looked at the alternate version because it's alternate versions of his... It's not necessarily necessarily Vanessa and Richard, just alternate versions of his wife and child. Yes. And in one of them, the kid is Matt fucking Murdoch. Yeah. That is genius. That and is based on, I Red think, Spider-Gwen's universe. I couldn't say Where sure. I believe Matt is an adopted child of Wilson Fisk. Possibly. But it's like, that's phenomenal. They snuck Daredevil into this movie. Oh, yeah. Right under everyone's nose. They're, they, they're clever. Also... They created a character model for a half-second shot. That's nuts. Also, minor spoiler alert for Spider-Verse... The actors who play the characters in the end credit scene, post credit scene, are listed as interesting person one, interesting person two, <laughs> and the last guy in the credits. Oh so when yeah, you read the yeah, credits, yeah. it's not giving away that Miguel O'Hara, his AI, and sixty Spidey is going to show up. Yeah, it's not giving that away. Jameson in that scene, yeah, is voiced by Stan Lee. I didn't realize what? that. It's only like two lines. But obviously when I watch it again, which I will, again, a thousand times, oh, yeah. I'll listen out for that. Oh, actually, Stanley once said, when they were looking at producing a Spider-Man movie in the 80s, and this was just before Jim Cameron got involved, Yeah, he always wanted to play Jameson Yeah, if they did Spider-Man yeah, as yeah. a film. And when Spider-Man came out in 2002, he, he sort of joked about it in interviews, and he said, I was a little too old now, but the guy, he, I remember watching the clip where he's like, the guy they've got is fantastic. <laughs> which I always thought was, that sums it up beautifully. You can't remember JK's name. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's true, JK Simmons is the best casting ever. But it means oh, that the sorry. last time Stanley appears uh, in a Spider Man movie, yeah. the very last thing, because obviously his cameo in this is really poignant, but the very last thing he, he says is performing, which we know he loved to do. Oh, yeah. As Jameson. So good. That's so fucking gorgeous. That's like, it's sad that we've lost him. But what a beautiful like nod to something he always wanted to do after he's gone. Like it's, it's, the film's going. Oh, there you go. It's yeah. He, he he didn't get to live to brag about it, but there he is. He gets the best like moment in the he's film. Bragging about aside it from the main story. Hey, did I ever tell you the story? He's he's oh. in some form of afterlife where Bob Kane's still drawing Batman on napkins, bragging <laughs> to waiters. Finger? Who's finger? I don't know anyone called finger. You've heard that Stanley story where he talks about I used to diet, I used to eat out with Bob Kane and his yeah, wife a yeah. lot in the 90s and Bob would say who he was to the waiters and then like doodle Batman and sign it and give him the napkin as a tip. Which is smart, really. Like that's well, really smart because if, if the waiter believed him or knew it and then auctioned that doodle yeah, off, true. that's going to be a much bigger tip than like here's 30 bucks like for table service for the night. It's going to be like, yeah, 
I just got like 400, 500 bucks selling this Bob Kane doodle that's signed by him. I don't know, it feels kind of cheap to me. But hey, <laughs> well, yeah, that's just me. But also, um, Bob Kane came up with the name Batman, let's be honest. Okay, okay. The name Batman and a cloak that he could use to glide with. That's pretty much all he came up with. And it was a kite when he first did And he it. dined out on it for years. Literally! Mm. Dined out on it for years. Anyway, when, that's enough Bob Kane. Um, Spider-Verse, well done. Spider-Verse. Well also, done to all of the movies, but Spider-Verse, well done. Also, done. Disney losing their usual category to the f- guys they fired from Solo. Solo. <laughs> Whoops! Like it's going it's to be an Academy Award nominated documentary next year all about it called Fired Solo. <laughs> um, best live action short. Of which I couldn't tell you anything. Yeah, about I'm these. familiar with all of these. Um, Read them out with deta- your mouth. Detainment, Falve, I think that's how you say that. Um, Marguerite, Mother, and Skin. Haven't seen any. I don't know, but so. Skin won. Yay! Yay for Skin. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Um, best animated short. I did see the winner of this. But go on. Animal Behavior, Bow, Late Afternoon, One Small Step, and Weekends. Bow one. Oh boy, did it. Well, there's Pixar's win. It was a great short, though. Oh, so good. It played before Incredibles 2, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, and UK. it's better than Incredibles 2. Yeah. The entirety of Bow as a short is better than the whole hour and a half plus of Incredibles 2. Uh, no, the motorcycle chase over the rooftops is pretty damn cool. Bow's but, better. But, yeah, it's true, but it didn't have a motorcycle, it didn't have a motorcycle chase. Little, he's got a little moustache. He's got a little, got a little soul patch. Dumpy's got a little soul patch. It didn't have the motorcycle chase. The Dumpy's motorcycle got a little soul patch. Broke in half and Elastigirl rode both parts. Dumpy's got a little must- soul patch and glasses. And, and the award for and the film with the dumpling with a little soul patch goes to... And then his mummy's and she's sad because she's, she's pushed the sun away by trying to keep him too close to this. People don't get that movie. White people don't get that movie because it's too... Like, stupid white people. Like, I've I was going to say, like, Twitter, I'm, I mean, like, I'm a white guy and I really got it. I've seen stupid white people getting it. Oh, uh, I didn't get it. It's like the dump of the sun. It's like... Mm, 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 mm. It's, you do not need to be yeah, the shit East the, Asian to the understand shit with, this yeah, metaphor. The shit with the dumpling didn't happen, guys. It was all a fucking metaphor for her life with her child. Like, it's... she. Uh, uh, are these the people who are like, the dumpling was sentient and real? No. No, no it never no. was. The dumpling was never a thing. That's the point. The power of metaphor. Um, <laughs> best animated short. The power of Grayskull. Animal, uh, no, we've done best animated short. Um, best documentary short. <laughs> it was so short, short, we watched it twice. Yeah, why not? It's so great. <laughs> I'd rather watch Bow uh, on repeat for the length of time that Incredibles 2 is than watch Incredibles 2 again. You really hate Incredibles 2. No, I don't hate it. It's you just despise fine. Incredibles 2. It's fine. Incredibles 2. Did Incredibles 2 I, take I, your Did Incredibles 2 take your lunch money? I remember being quite positive about Incredibles 2 on this podcast. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't amazing, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> best documentary short. Again, I couldn't tell you anything about these. Black Sheep. Endgame. Oh, pardon me. Uh, Black Sheep, Endgame, Lifeboat, A Night at the Garden, and period. End of sentence. I've heard good things about period, end of sentence. That's because it won this category. Well, there we go. That's uh, but that's all I can tell you. Um, I'd like to give it, a, give it a watch, see. Best visual effects slash most visual effects. Yes. There was a lot of fight in the <laughs> corner for the MCU here because I believe one of the nominees is... First Man, Avengers Infinity War, 
Solo, a Star Wars story. Ready Player One. And Christopher Robin. I love Christopher Robin. I wouldn't give it that award. No. It is amazing. And the effects are beautiful and subtle, but I wouldn't yes. give it I wouldn't give it the award. Um, um Solo and Solo! Avengers are just like and Ready and Ready Player One are just like Yeah, there's just a lot of special effects. Like they look they look great, but it's just Yeah, I mean effects. for all of its faults, Ready Player One a lot of hard work went into that for the visual yeah, effects. And there's some really impressive stuff in there. I think Avengers Avengers would be my top pick out of what I've seen simply because the effects the the, the usual blockbuster stuff but a lot of the effects enhance the performances yes. of, of of actors like yes. Josh Brolin and stuff so it it sort of it it service the effects very much service the story in every sense not just in the spectacle yeah um but the winner was first man i not seen it couldn't which tell is it. it's impressive really cuz like it looks it, like that the award for visual effects. Stanley Kubrick did it better in a warehouse. In uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh no, no, you've sold everyone. They're gonna have to kill you. Um, best <laughs> Kubrick's men are here. Strickland <laughs> from the CIA. Best original <laughs> screenplay. My name is Stephen Toast, and I witnessed the filming of the moon landing. Uh, best original screenplay. So this is a movie that has come the. Fuck out of nowhere, um, literally, because it's come out of people's minds. Nominees were Green Book, Brian Hayes, Curry, Peter Farrelly, and Nick Vallelonga. Wait, this is the original screenplay. Yeah, Green Book is not based on a book. No, the Green Book of the title, yes, is the book which had the listings of all the places that you could stay in the South, right? If you were black, but it's based on a true story. It is based on. A true That's story. why the waters get murky for me in a weird way. It's not based on a book, though. Okay, fair enough. It's so the, screen, the screenplay, screenplay is original, adapted from events that happened. Yes, not oh, adapted okay. from a book of okay. events that happened. Fair enough. So as long um, as it's adapted from something that isn't written yes. down, then it gets away well, with it. the favourite was also the best original screenplay, Deborah Davis and Tony McNamara, and that features uh, whether any of that stuff happened or not. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. There's more of a murky but, thing there. Yeah, but that... It's not a dramatisation of actual events. It's an assumption of events yes. based on real people and... Yes. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um... Uh, Roma by, by Alfonso Cuaron, uh, Adam McKay for Vice, and Paul Schrader for First Reformed. Again, like Vice, it's like, yeah, it's an original screenplay. Oh, I don't know. I'm being yeah. a bit picky. That's um, three. Three of those five movies are definitely based on true on on not on true events, people. but on real people and things that may or may not have really happened. And who won that shit, son? Uh, Green Book. Okay, is it a good script? Is it's, it popping? Yeah, it's a good script. It's just you know. It's the most base level of that kind of story that you can have. It's the myth. It it's, mostly comes out at night. It, it's just... In a year where Black Klansman and Black Panther came out, it's just the least... It's toothless. Yeah. It's safe. Yeah. Unless yeah. Viggo Mortensen just press. <laughs> and it suddenly gets not very safe <sighs> at all. Best adapted screenplay. Yes. Uh, Barry Jenkins for If Beale Street Could Talk. It would say, um, hey, they wrote a movie about me. Bradley Cooper, Will Fetters, and Eric Roth for A Star Is Born. Okay. Wait, uh, hang on, hang on. Adapted? Yeah. Good. Because it's adapted. I was going to say, you can't freaking get away with that um, with A Star Is Born. This is the fifth version of it. Nicole Holofcener. Including the Bollywood version. Nicole Holofcener and Jeff Whitty for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Yeah. Um, Spike Lee, David Rabinowitz, uh, Charlie Wachtel, and Kevin Wilmot for Black Clansman. Uh, which is based on a book. Yes. 
are based yeah. on things that actually happened. Um, and the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Joel and Ethan Cohen, which is again a Netflix film. Yes. Oh look, Netflix is so cre- Roma. creeping in. Yeah, Netflix is creeping um, in, son. As well, they should because they produce some really good stuff. They produce some shit. The intro to the but... to the ceremony, the first people to speak were Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, and Maya Rudolph. Okay. And they made the joke about, like, Roma is up for nomination. What's next? A film made by my microwave? Because they're referring, referring to Netflix. It's the first Netflix film to get such a big round of nominations. It was like, oh, that's funny. Because you know that's a genuine complaint of some of the Academy. Yeah. Even Spielberg debated it last year. Yeah. Well, we Spielberg... like, why would Why should Netflix be up for Oscars? That doesn't make any sense. It's like... Yo, Spielberg made Steven, some great films. Steven, but... it's a fucking cinematic medium now. Deal with it. Dude's old. Um... <laughs> If it makes you feel any better, Stephen, we'll give Netflix films some limited releases for a bit. If that makes you feel any better, Stephen. On the subject of, of Amy Poehler and Netflix, I started watching Russian Doll last night. Oh! It's very good. Um, Amy Poehler is very good. Yeah, well, she she's not in it, but she, she co-wrote it. Yeah. Um, and then Natasha Lyon, who is fucking great in it. Um, she's very good. But anyway, Black Clansman won it. As well it should. That was, the one, great. that was the award acceptance where Spike Lee had a speech and... Uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson picked him up and like sort of yes. hugged him really bad and yes. danced with him. Yes, he he, he was he was he was it was almost a beware situation. A beware. Uh, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, uh, best original score. Yes. Uh, nominees were. I was delighted to hear this one. Uh, Nicholas Patel for uh, If Beale Street Could Talk. Mark would Sh- say no, no, no. <laughs> uh, Mark Shaman for uh, Mark Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> Alexandra Desplat for Isle of Dogs. Terence Blanchard mm. for Black Klansman and Ludwig Göransson for Black Panther. And Ludwig took home the gold. Ludwig got it for Black Panther. Black Panther again. It's the same as as production design and costume design. It's bringing to the fore ideas, aesthetics, oral feels that have not been in a mainstream Hollywood film to the same extent. And some amazing themes in there as Ooh, well, like yeah. character themes and motifs. Are just beautiful. Some of the for the MCU's criti- constant criticism of this place doesn't really produce like themes. It's like. Black Panther does it and does it well in that it isn't trying to give you a, a march or whatever that you're going to take away. But when you watch those scenes, the moment the sort of score starts playing on your rewatch of the movie, you know exactly what the music is, yes. you know exactly where it's going. You start to associate it so much so that it gave us all the feels in Infinity War when it suddenly cut to Wakanda and it was that dun 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 dun, dun, dun and that kicks in. You were like, oh, we're going to Wakanda. <laughs> so yeah, I love I love that score. It's so I'm so good. happy that it's I'm so happy good. that was nominated and I'm. Like a delighted one. Best original song. Nominees. If Bill Street could sing, <laughs> um, it would say "Shallow" from *A Star Is Born." Yeah, all the stars sure. from *Black Panther*. I'll oh, fight. Okay. I'll all fight right. from *RBG*. The place where lost things go from *Mary Poppins Returns*. Eh, not the best. And when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings from *The Ballad of Buster Scruggs*. I kind of would have loved it if that had won. Well, it didn't. It didn't Shallow know. won it. Shallow won, because of course Shallow won. And everyone's talking how steamy the performance that Bradley Cooper and, and oh, Lady Gaga did at the... At to the, the point Oscars. where everyone's like, is there something going on there? It's like, no. Just, they played those characters in a movie where they sang that. Their performance is kind of channeling that. Like they're, they're actors. Yeah. Like, they're not, they're not just sitting either side of a piano singing at each other, smiling like, isn't it fun that we're singing this song that we wrote? No. <laughs> they're basically giving you kind of a live performance of a moment from that film. Yes. And it's a. Re- I, I watched it. That the performance. It's like this is really good. Also, it does look like you two are down to fuck. <laughs> but, but hey, that's, that's because it's a fucking performance. Um, and speaking of performances, oh, best actor. <gasps> 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 
Nobody's. Nobody's. Oh, no, 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 not, not just me singing Fiesta by Pogues. Uh, Bohemian. Um, so we're not in trouble. Go download Fiesta by Pogues. Rami Malik for Bohemian Rhapsody. Christian Bale for Vice. Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born. And Willem Dafoe for At Eternity's Gate. Mm. Which I've never heard of. I would have loved Willem to get it. Well, he didn't. Um, Christian Bale. Fine. I imagine he's amazing in Vice. He's a very transformative actor. He's a piece of shit, but he's a really good actor. Well, he didn't get it. He didn't get it. Um, Viggo Mortensen, fine. If well, I don't want to give it, I don't want to give him. Book, it should have been Marshall early. Yeah, and I don't want to give Viggo Mortensen any more approval after his weird comments during the press for. Yeah. Uh, who were the other two? Uh, Bradley, Bradley Cooper, Cooper for Star is Born, and Rami for Malek, all intents and purposes, fair enough. I think the way people talk to me about Star is Born, I'm like, do you know what? It sounds like this is an amazing piece of work, and to be the fourth Western telling of this yeah. story. And Which still, and still strike, yeah. <laughs> but to still strike a chord, and it be a generational thing where people who are around for the original, like yeah, or who are you know around for obviously preceding versions, yeah, like, yeah, this is great. Fair enough. That's 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 a high bar. A high bar. Robin Malik's a fantastic performer. Bohemian Rhapsody and his nomination just sort of is. It's such an obvious like. Did like fucking music. Someone plays a musician in a biopic about the musician's life. <sighs> It's and we're going to release it around Oscar season. It's almost guaranteed. Yeah, you saw the film. He's would great you, in it. Would you say he? It's a an Oscar nomination worthy performance. Yeah, he's amazing in it. Cool. It's, it's a terrible you, fucking Rami. script, and it's a really poorly made film. But mm. his performance is great. Good on you, Rami. Good on you, Rami. Good on I'll, you, mate. I like Rami Malek. I can't really put him that. Can we now um, stop talking about that movie world? Please, let's not ever talk about it again. Um, best actress, me. Glenn Close for The Wife. Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born. Who? The Lady Gaga! The Lady Gaga! Um, I can't remember what I'm All we hear is, is Radio Lady Gaga! <laughs> uh, Olivia Coleman for The Favourite. Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? And Yelitsa Aparicio for Roma. All pretty fucking solid nominees. I would really. yeah. I mean, I haven't seen Roma or Can You Ever Forgive Me or A Star Is Born or The Wife. So, you know... I can only conjecture that they were great in what those films. What I mean films. is, none of these feel like they're Oscar nomination picks. Like, none no, of them necessarily no. feel like they're. A, I don't know. That's the obvious. Olivia one. Coleman was playing a British queen. True, but in a weird sort of dark comedy tragedy film, right? An odd surreal esque drama. Which is why it's really cool that she won it. Yeah, also, and also it's, it's Olivia, Olivia Coleman. Coleman. Olivia Coleman. She's brilliant. She is great. She's and now she's an Oscar winner. I know, and her acceptance speech charmed the world because there was no fucking pomp or anything no. around it, which was really There's nice. There's no like, pomp or anything around she, Olivia Coleman in general. She stammers and she fucks up in it and she makes jokes and she's clearly nervous and she's overwhelmed. she's Olivia Coleman and she's wonderful. There's, a wonderful, there's a wonderful Twitter post, I'll read you this, this okay. um, in relation to this. Uh, Rebecca Humphreys, who's an uh, actress, co-founder of uh, Trowel, The Trowel Beauty, yes, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. reposted this about Olivia Coleman. I, like the rest of the world, adore Olivia Coleman for many reasons, but primarily, as these pictures demonstrate, and there's three pictures here of Olivia oh, Coleman. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, as these pictures demonstrate, because she proves women, a woman can be whatever she wants at any given moment. Oh, yeah. Last week, The Guardian ran an article that said her Oscar nomination caps a stratospheric rise for the actor who, early in her career, struggled for parts and was best known for comedy. Later came career-changing dramas like Broadchurch. Bit of a snobby and mindless neggy comment where guys that yeah. under, where, where uh, they're guys that undermines funny, self-aware actresses and therefore women in favour of those who take themselves seriously. Olivia's speech last night proves that being funny doesn't mean you aren't serious about your job. 
the pictures prove that not being a Hollywood uh, prototype of attractive woman and being able to abandon vanity in your work doesn't mean you can't be a smoking hot comedy actor. Oh, yeah. Or if you're over 40, you can't rock an ear cuff like a boss. And just because you're a chick from Norwich doesn't mean you can't get off with Emma Stone and win an Oscar. Oh. That is all. Uh, Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz. Yeah, there you go. I think she joked about that in a speech and she said, like, yeah. it's a snog Emma and this is great. This is like, fair enough. Yeah. Because um, that's the thing. Like, yeah, there is that whole thing. It's like, she was talking on David Tennant as a podcast with not yeah, yeah. two weeks ago about how, like, she struggled with work a lot in the mid 2000s because she did an ad. Yeah. And then couldn't get any auditions yeah. for ages. People are like, oh, you're associated with that thing. And it's like, and she did she did a bunch of sketch shows and did peep shows. Oh, yeah, and then she, was known she, for she, comedy. She was very much so, part of the the Mitchell Web brand, like because that's how she got into into like Ooh. performing at a professional level was was through Footlights. Yeah, and um, and she's very fucking good in peep show, and she's excellent in that Mitchell and Web look as one of the supporting cast of this sketch show. She's yes. amazing in it. I I can't stand peep show because it's cringe comedy, and I can't stand cringe comedy. Fair but news. she's fabulous in it. Yeah, and, and have you seen much of that Mitchell and Web look? Yeah, I've seen big, big. She's really, she's really she's good. Great. I mean, I mean, her and Joseph Patterson like are the reason Number Wang works so well oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. because their reactions to Robert Webb's host and Number the fact Wang's that they are great. they are clearly a, very much a part of this world that we the viewer are like, wait, what the fuck's happening? That's Number Wang. Like it's it's brilliantly done. But again, that's that that, that made a great point of like this shouldn't be seen as like, oh, it's a real underdog story. No, fuck no, it that. isn't. Olivia Coleman has earned this. Like, this is amazing. It's cool that she's done this performance in this pro- project that has spotlighted her more to the world. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if she now turned around and was just like, oh yeah, I'm going to do a fucking random sitcom for a bit. That's Olivia Coleman. That's what she does. Well, she just wants to work. And she's going to be in the, the Crown for the next two years. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, she's going to be very busy yeah, for a couple of years. The Crown. So, yeah, um, yeah she's going to be a busy woman. Yeah, uh, queen. But yes, uh, Olivia Coleman, great. Lover. Uh, best director. Uh, Roma for Alfon- uh, Alfonso Cuaron. Vice, Adam McKay. The favourite, Yorgos Lanthimos. Uh, Black Klansman, Spike Lee. And Cold War, Pavel, Pala- pa- uh, Pavel Palakovsky. Sorry, I've stumbled over that name. Now. I there was a big debate over Spike Lee should have got this. Oh, yeah. Because oh, it's yeah. been many in a year that he has been either nominated or shunned. That being said, that being said, I haven't seen the winning film. I haven't seen Roma, which is Roma. Now, and Alfonso Cuarón is a, brilliant a stellar director. director. Yeah. So, and also, it's a big win for streaming platforms. Yes. Because a Netflix movie wins Best Director at the Academy Awards. Yes. It legitimizes. And it's streaming, gonna, and streaming entertainment and cinema, and it's going to attract a higher quality of, of yeah. Uh, production to that which is platform. good I mean Netflix is in debt to fuck but uh, like there are quality I mean, products being made as originals for Amazon and ideas for Netflix that wouldn't necessarily for Hulu not necessarily for YouTube Red but like there are products that are being made that yeah. are stel- of a stellar but quality concepts and ideas that wouldn't normally get through the network system are yeah. being given a platform on this and then, yeah. but then they're also spending a billion dollars on a lot of the Rings TV shows so you know it's good and bad I thought it was Amazon that were doing yeah that. but it's that oh, yeah, part yeah. of that I mean that could be incredible it could be a visual marvel and, and we might watch it and go do you know what we never knew we needed this but we needed it uh, but, but we probably won't yeah. but I think <laughs> you're on good on you really happy for that yeah still the best Harry Potter movie director which might lead to go for Black Clansman yeah Black Clansman was such a fucking now, it was don't, such don't a, worry, it was worry. such there's another chance for Black Klansman, it was and just Spike Lee such to be a gut punch of a movie that I just for it not for it to be up against to, to lose to stuff that's 
Obviously, <sighs> Roland, we can't speak to it, but to yeah. other stuff. But hey, there's still a chance. We've not had Best Picture yet, Matt. Well, Best Picture. Let's Here talk about Best Picture. We go. the final category of eight, the night. The final category of the night. We had eight nominees this year. Yeah, because obviously after this, it's the Memoriam, where they missed off a load of people. Apparently. Fucking Dick Miller. Fucking Dick Miller. Um, a bunch of others like skipped by, like yeah. cinematographers and directors. Just not, not a mention. Not a mention. Best Pictures. Which happens every year, though. That happens every year. And it makes me think, the research department for the Academy, are they just bad? Are they bad at their job? Is that what this is? No, Every year the people old go... dudes who run it just do the people they can remember, but they can't remember fuck all because they're old dudes. Yeah. I don't know. Fucking... Uh, Best. Picture. <gasps> Mince. Black Panther. Black Klansman. Bohemian Rhapsody. The Favourite. Green Book. Roma. A Star is Born. Vice. So one more time. Black Panther. Black Klansman. Green Book, Star is Born, Roma, Vice, and Bohemian Rhapsody. Roma for Best Picture. Yes. Okay. I love Black Panther. I don't think it should win Best Picture. The nomination, again, is more than enough. It, it legitimizes the genre and also legitimizes um, the films, messages of the movie film, uh, and mainstream cinema's reaction. Films led by black. Uh, yeah. actors and casts most, almost entirely black casts it had insanely important messages at its heart but it you know this isn't to slag off this medium because as you can probably tell from the fact we host a pop culture podcast oh, yeah, we love the shit but like not to insult its medium but you know it ultimately is a movie that ends with CGI cat people punching each other in a futuristic tunnel by a train so it's like there's important messages here but popcorn fluff is part of it as well that is not saying popcorn fluff is bad but because it is more than popcorn. If you're going to give the award, you should give the award to someone with maybe a more concentrated message. If we're doing this based on filmmaking and storytelling and a message, like Black Klansman, like Black Klansman, for example, um, you know, like or Roma from everything I've heard about it. Yeah, I need to do. I do need to watch Roma. I suppose we both. So you know, and again, Vice. Like, sure, we might not be, you know, oh, we love this format or this something because it's kind of obvious, but it is very well done storytelling and very well thingy. And there is an Oscar precedent for biopic films to win. And I would rather a biopic film with a stylized approach win than a straight up biopic film. Do you know yes. what I mean? I'd rather one that's weird win. Yes, um, because that's better. Uh, I'm absolutely devastated that Stan and Ollie missed out on this season. Mm. Because fuck me, that should be in some of these categories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway. Green Book won. Best picture. It did. You've seen Green Book. It's a good film. Green Book is fine. But when placed up against two other movies in this category of nominees that are particularly progressive... And celebratory and it's, it's of, not only of that. black culture and the black experience, it's, the African American experience, the 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 uh, you know like the, the, uh, black people around the world. There are messages in this movie that are there to spotlight certain things in each of yeah. these three movies, but arguably in the other two, they are stronger, more well told, and certainly more well serviced by the fact that the people behind them were speaking from experience yeah. or places of actual passion and reference. What I'm basically saying is, out of these three movies that have prominent um, black stories at their heart, the other two were mostly told by black people. Yeah. <laughs> Green Book ain't. 
No. Also, doesn't it trivialise some of the real life story that it's telling? Uh, possibly, depending on who you speak to. Yeah. But, so, so it's controversial in that sense. Then um, Nick Vallelonga, who is the son of uh, Tony Vallelonga, the mm. the uh, Wilton's character, yeah. was a producer and co-writer on the movie. Right. So it's very much a the biopic intrusion thing. It's there. a family thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hang on, he's, he's American Italian. Could you say that sentence again, please, but in a more appropriate way? Family. It's your family. It's your family. Yeah, a lot of the Vallelonga family in the film are played by the actual Vallelonga family. Really? Not the same people, obviously, because it's set in the yeah, uh, in but the 60s, like that. But, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm, that's weird. That's really freaking weird. That'd be like that'd be like Mike Myers playing a record executive who yeah. says how no one's gonna be yeah, yeah. banging their heads to Bohemian Rhapsody in a car thirty years from now in a film in America mm-hmm. told by a Canadian comedian. They cameoed, by the way. They they led into because like all the best pictures of the course of the night have like a little featurette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The intro into the Bohemian Rhapsody featurette was Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. Uh, dressed as themselves, uh, but semi in character as Wayne and Garth. Uh, which isn't that cringeworthy when you watch it. It's kind of charming because they just straight up. Uh, they don't fluff the film up. They yeah. don't fluff. They don't pick up the to, film. To be fair, they just talk like Wayne and Garth and then introduce the featurette. And it's like, okay. Mike Myers' role in Bohemian Rhapsody isn't that cringeworthy, to be fair. He practically looks down the barrel of the fucking camera. <laughs> it, it, oh, sorry, it isn't that cringe with it. Compared to other things going compared on. Compared to other things going on in that movie. Like and compared to like Mike Myers' performances in other films. Mike Myers is an acquired taste. Or an a Myers taste. I like him in small doses. Um like I said before, this made me smile. I don't want to see Wayne's World 3. <laughs> but this made me smile. This yeah. little exchange moment, like right down to like Dana Carvey spending the whole thing just sort of being like like the breathing of Garth it was like that's quite funny yes that's that quite, quite funny and the the point the fact that when they first rocked up there's an applause and then as soon as they started speaking people realised what was happening and you heard this like ripple of 80% of the room be like yes like they're gonna do this in character um yeah. some of the other inserts over the evening were really cool Keegan-Michael Key introduced the Mary Poppins song by putting him from the ceiling on an umbrella <laughs> And it made a lot of people online go. So I know, like, I know, like, one of them's like an acclaimed producer now, and is sort of more known for horror worldwide. But can Kim Peel host this next year? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that would be great. Be that good. would be fucking wonderful. That would be pretty good. Green Book's win is slightly problematic. Here's the thing, and Spike Lee summed it up beautifully by trying to leave the auditorium and being taken back to his seat because you're not allowed to leave because, of course, the corridors are full of a shitload of broadcast equipment and for health and safety reasons. You can't just go in and out of the exits, like, willy-nilly. But it was caught on camera. It was caught on camera that you were storming. And I would be pissed off because Green Book is a movie made predominantly by white dudes about racism. Yeah. And it touches on it in the... Safest, the safest way possible. Yeah. Not to say it doesn't say that. Of course, it has stuff to say. Mm. But it. But Black Panther said more in Eric Killmonger's final line, yeah. and Green Book really does in its two-hour. Black Klansman, by comparison. Yeah. Uh, spoilers for Black Klansman. I'm going to tell, yeah. tell you how this movie ends. Yeah. Go out and watch it though. Regardless of spoilers, 
watch it. It is on DVD now. Support the shit out of that movie. Spike Lee deserved a win. Send him some fucking money by buying the movie. Black Klansman is dedicated to the memory of Heather Heyer, mm-hmm. who uh, was fatally hit by a car while protesting the Unite the Right hell rally held in August 2017 in Charlottesville. Yeah, the infamous, and both uh, good people on both sides. The film opened on the first anniversary of the rally and her death. Yeah. Because this movie ends, the KKK uh, chapter's defeated, the, um, the case is all sewn up, and Ron Stallworth, and, uh, played by the son of Denzel Washington, uh, John, uh, John Washington? Yeah. Uh, who's again fabulous, and it's a shame we didn't we didn't see a. It's a shame we didn't see a, a, nod, for a nod for him. Why didn't um, he name his son Walla Walla? Oh, fuck off. Um, so, Ron. Um, Just saying. Ron Stallworth and, and Patrice Dumas, who's the one of the uppers in the the Black Panther chapter in the area, and also Ron Stallworth's on-off girlfriend. Um, he's Laura Harrier. She's great in it. Um, mm. They, they're in the, they're, they're, you know, shining, everything's fine, they're in their apartment. All of a sudden they hear something outside, both go out into the hall, and there's this wonderful sort of creepy, otherworldly tracking shot that yeah. looks as though they're not moving as they're walking down the hall, and yeah. the hall's moving around them. Oh. So it looks like a dolly shot. Yeah. And then there's a burning cross on the hill outside. Oh, okay. Then it cuts to the footage of the Charlottesville rally. Ah, right. Okay. And the and yeah. explains that what what it was, what's still happening around the US, that Heather Heyer died protesting against this and the film's dedicated to her memory. Yeah. This film has teeth. Yeah. It has something to say and it will bite you. And, and it's it's again it's not like people can go, Oh I didn't know about that. It's like, yeah, this is recent this, we are connecting this to recent We're talking about the events. difference where Black Klansman is made with an anger mm. and a fire yeah. that really gets to you. Mm. And it, and it, it's not just like a, oh, look how far we've come, but yeah. there's still ways to go, but look how far we've come and, you know, white people and black people can really get along. Which is try. essentially Which the is what Green Book is. Green Book, yeah. It's like, no, <laughs> this shit is still going on. People are still dying. Why are we still doing this? And that's why it just feels like it just feels like the Academy's even more out of touch than ever. Mm. They're clearly trying. Yeah. They're clearly trying to, to, to seem to be more inclusive. But by putting something as safe as Green Book yeah. in Best Picture. Because well, that's the even, thing. Even, it, without, it, even without the tonal things. Yeah. It's just not as good a film. It's just straight up not as well made, well-performed, well edited well movie. It's not. I've seen arguments to the effect of, well, you know, it's baby steps. It's baby steps. It's like, no! You know, you know how, you know how you, how you make change in things like this, specifically cultural. You just do it. You just do it. You just do it. There's a reason the phrase. Alright, Shia. There's a reason the phrase. No, but like, there's a reason. But there's a reason the phrase shatter the glass ceiling is shatter the glass ceiling. Yeah, it's not like... It's not slowly open the window it, and then we'll all kind of creep it. It's fucking just make 
Make a noise and uh, do it. I got. I got to say, that's easy for us to say. That's true. We're two. We're two white heterosexual. Yeah. But I, but I mean, um, I mean, as far as the opinion of the you academy know, yeah. goes, like I, um, I, I, they need to just, just do it. Just do it. Allow the films, like you say, that are made with passion and anger, yeah. to be to be given that thing. Like I said, the nomination and the fact that we're talking about it being a steal will have the same effect as it winning, yeah. ultimately, because it will anger more people and get more people rallied behind it. But it doesn't stop the perception of the Academy. And they're now, of course, going to take even more weird steps to try and appear, quote-unquote, woke going forward. It's... I don't know. I don't know. It's... I don't know. I don't know. It's not that Green Book is a bad movie. The co-director of Movie 43... His movie just just won Best Picture I mean, for having a, 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 something to say on race relations. I mean, and racism. Even like we we are. He more gave you Jackman to... balls for a chin. Oh, fuck me. We are more than used at this point for the actual Best Picture of a year to not win, not win Best it. Picture, and of course there is a, more than a more than a small amount of, of subjectivity in these things. But it's just disappointing. You had a chance to really. Recognize and legitimize um, the the storytelling and filmmaking uh, efforts of this marginalized section of, of your industry. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that either Black Panther or Black Black Panther should have won because of that. No, they should have won because they were better movies. Yeah, um, but when that movie comes along, that is so good that it let, gives you the opportunity to give those to push those people further up the ladder you take you take that opportunity hmm. but no you just fucking play it safe so I'm disappointed I'm disappointed um, we can do better we can do better than Green Book in so many ways speaking of being disappointed you guys have emailed in. <laughs> and the award for Segway goes to... Oh, wow. Wow. Um, last week, we discussed the topic of video game movie tie-ins. Yes. Um, specifically, uh, the good and the bad, the sort of the polar opposite ends, what have lasting legacies, what were absolutely terrible, why is it a thing? Let's examine it. Uh, we've had an email about said yes. thing. Um, What's his name? Comes, this one comes from Sean. Hi. Sean. Uh, it says, Dear Big Damn Hi, hi Sean. If that's, if you're listening, Sean, um, could you, could you, like, contribute to the, the not talking about Bohemian Rhapsody anymore That'd movement that we're starting? That'd be great. Cheers, Sean. That'd be great. Bohemian Crapsody. <laughs> uh, after last week, uh, made me think of the terrible and not terrible movie tying gam, ga, ga, gams. Gangrene. Games that I've played. Tying Gangrene. I can't read, sorry. I've just suddenly lost the ability to read. That Find I've some of that Spike Lee fire. First of all, was the Incredibles game for PS2. Basically, a 3D platformer. Oh, dash. Oh, was that Rise of the Underminer? No, no, The Incredibles. There was two? Yeah, there was an Incredibles game, oh. and there was Rise of the Underminer. Oh, okay. Um, basically, a 3D platformer, Dash had what I remember being a timed runner level to go as fast as possible, and I don't remember getting past a boss, which is the fight in the first robot in the volcano area. It was so hard, mainly because the boss was so fast and lava around the edge where you have to be, or you don't have enough time to run out of the way. 
Sounds like a boss fight. But was it good or bad, Sean? A lot of the Pixar games tend good to be quite bad? good. Toy Story 2 for the PlayStation 1 is another one I forgot to mention. Yeah. That's great. Toy Story So I... much so that I bought it on yeah. the Vita because it's... Wow. Oh, it's, it, nice. it handles like balls, but... Oh, yeah. Old, old PS1 games do. But Buzz Tends in to. the environments, it's like, yeah. wow, this is great. And there's um, always like five objectives. If you want to complete the game with a good ending, there's five different things you have yeah. to do in each level. Wally and Up had fairly decent tie-in games. Really? What was Up for? Uh, uh, three sixteen Wii PS3? or a... oh, yeah. and probably Wii as well. <laughs> Toy Story Three, Wally, Up—they all got tie-in games. I think they kind of stopped after that. <laughs> Shush. Brave didn't get one, which is ironic because that that one could work. I think the first two cars. I suppose one? it couldn't because there's not really any enemies. She doesn't fight anyone. No. But then after after that, that no, it was not long after that that he kicked up for Disney Infinity. So, oh yeah, and that went as well about as well as it could have gone. Um, also, does the Simpsons game count as a movie tie-in, considering it came out in the same year as the movie? Because that was a pretty good game. I think that was that was the Simpsons movie game. Uh, no, I don't believe it was. I think it was no, it was the Simpsons, and it came out about half a year later. I think that was apparently a really good game. The yellow cover with all the characters on it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that coming out. It, it coincided, it coincided the with the home video release of the movie. Oh, okay. That'll be, that'll be why. All it right. was around the same time the movie came out on home video was when I, that I, game came I out. I guess, maybe, then? You're working, you're working the 2008? Yeah. Yeah, it was 2008. It was a PS3 title. And it was one of the yeah. last PS3 titles to use the old box. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Really pisses off all the collectors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it annoys me when I look at my shelf. I'm always like... Why, why has someone got a little red square and why the other's got a lovely little PS3 thing? Also, I have seen footage of the PC edition of Spider-Man 2. It oh. looks terrible and completely different from the PS2 edition. The web-slinging is point-and-click on preset targets with no momentum. Oh. The graphics are worse than the PS2 and the camera is awful. You can't even look behind Spidey when he's on a building. Ladies and gentlemen, once upon a time, the PC version oh, was the oh, we've just chucked this together version. Uh, sometimes it still is. Made for PC games were always really good. PC versions or PC ports of console games were terrible. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, 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 mm. There's a lot of parity nowadays because Xbox One and PS4 are basically underpowered PCs in a box. Yeah. Their architecture is very similar. And the majority of outlets that you can buy the PC version on are made by the same people who make your Xbox stuff. So, yeah. you know, you can, so. you can, they're, they're not having to cater it to a different platform. It's just, yeah, yeah it's the Xbox game, but you've downloaded it on Steam. We've got, we've got to tailor it on. And your controller is an Xbox yeah. controller. Oh, so yeah. enjoy. Oh, nice. um, Unless you play so, on yeah. keyboard, which some people do. And I, I, I commend them because I can't do that. Any more, any more games come to you after last week that we were thinking about that we didn't get to mention? A Bug's Life, a PS1. Bug's Life. Yeah, those Pixar games were pretty good. The Disney PS1, PS2 games were mostly pretty good. <laughs> they were solid. Jungle Book Rhythm and Groove. <laughs> it was a dance game that retold the Jungle Book. Uh, sure. Because why not? But it was, sure. it was one of the big proponents of the dance map. Yeah, alright. Alright. I can see that. Yeah. It was alright. Had some original songs in it, as well as the, the nice. ones from the film. Nice. Yeah. Um, Do you think... got a song. Nice. Sung by Tony J, because Tony J voiced Shere Khan in all Disney media. Sure. After, obviously. Sure. Um, oh my god, George Sanders passed away. Do you think? Seriously. I don't think ever. Do you think that we're going to get a movie tie-in game for the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? I hope we get a VR game. <laughs> so we don't have to look at him. And all you, <laughs> Yeah, but all you can do in it, you don't even run. 
you just look down at your hairy legs and go, why? <laughs> why? VR Sonic, my new OC is on DeviantArt. Why am I alive? Do, do not steal. <laughs> oh, man. What am I? I've not even seen Robotnik um, yet. Let's wait for that. My God. I think there's some set photos of Carrie um, of Carrie with a big, with massive beard. Uh, I'm going to Google this beard. shit while you continue um, to read the email. And James Marsden's the sheriff of the of Green Hills. So I think there's some set photos of those two. Um, this one comes in from Jack. Hi, Yak. Yakety Yak. Hello once again. Forgive me if this email doesn't make any sense, but it's currently quarter to three, and I have sixth form in the morning, returning from the half term break too. You madman. Been there. I know your pain. Uh, thank you, you for should rambling never, on. You should never listen to us if you're in tertiary yeah, education. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, thank you for rambling on for half an hour about my Doctor Video Doctor Doctor Video Game proposition. Ah, yeah. Doctor, Doctor Video Game. Doctor Mario. Doctor Mario is a great game. Um, it was interesting to see. I was playing it on the Wii Virtual Console the other day. Uh, it was incre- interesting to see m- some opinions other than my own. Always is. <laughs> um, seeing as I'm taking computer science as an A-level, I'm mildly interested with actually constructing such a game, minus any BBC copyright infringement, of course. Sure, go for it. Loads of indie stuff, unlike like indie stuff without the unlicensed, uh, you know, doing non for profit. Why not? It might get you noticed. Um, Just to reiterate, that's the first onset photo I've seen of Jim Carrey as Robotnik. He's all white hair and beard. Yeah, yeah. So there's obviously something going on there. Yeah, that's yeah. him as Doctor Eggman, I'm guessing. That, well, Do- Eggman, pre, Robotnik, whatever. Pre whatever happens to him. That's um, a really good edit of a picture of the mask, though. That's oh, horrifying. Um, to continue the Doctor Who theme, I've been working way, my way through the classic series, and I'm currently on the last series of our beloved Tom Baker, and I am having a blast. Season 18... Uh, Season 18's pretty... What is it from, okay. what is it from the sketch that... Five fans guys did the... Oh, you're sorry, I'm sorry. You caught me in the middle of season 18, so I really don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, he really, he really brings it for Logopolis. He does. But I think that's because he knows his bow out, so he's like, oh, I've got yeah. to make this count. It, the whole thing just feels so funereal. Yeah. It's it's so great. It's the um, end. It's so melancholic. Um. Oh. What? A trailer's dropped. Oh! We'll watch it after this, and if you want to see our reaction, we'll tweet it out. Yeah, go okay. back to Wednesday's okay. tweets, and we'll okay. you'll see our reaction to the Tech Tide Pikachu's new trailer. Um, I've also been in, I've also been inquiring into some audio adventures via Spotify, as I am poor. Best way to do it. Um, do you have any suggestions for where to start with? Big you Finish? say you, what's his name again? Sorry, it's John and Jack. Jack. Sorry, I was going to say John. Jack. You say poor. We say Rich. economical and can tolerate an ad every half an hour. Well done. Well, no, because it, I don't think you can listen to the big, the Doctor Who Big Finish properly without if you don't have a subscription. Oh, oh, it depends how you approach it. Okay. If you find the playlists, okay, they're usually arranged in an order. Okay. Because I have done what he's about to talk about. Okay. Um, um, do you have any suggestions for where to start with Big Finish Doctor Who or where to go from said point? Sorry if this was a bit long-winded. Again, I'm tired as hell. Enjoy your days, you big damn lads. Jack, go to bed. Go to bed. When you've woken up... If you want to check out Big Finish, my recommendation simply is this. Um, it's not for everyone. Nope. The way to test if it's for you is to do exactly what you're doing. Go to Spotify, listen to it for free for a bit. Yeah. It's not all the Big Finish, obviously. Be- because and if you want current stuff, you are going to have to pay some cash. There is so, mm. so much of it. So much of it. I, I mean, eighth, the Eighth Doctor and Lucy Miller... Is a run that I listened to the yeah. first two full at seasons of. At least the really first enjoyed. season of that is on Spotify. Yeah, at least the first. So maybe the Paul McGann, Sheridan Smith, in adventures that were made 
in the knowledge that they were also going to be putting them out on BBC Radio Seven at the same time. Yeah, that's probably that's probably a good shoe in. In terms of it's, it's very like the modern series, yeah, in audio form with McGann and Sheridan fucking Smith, yeah, which is always good. Um, in terms of short trips. Yeah, short trips short compilations. Trips I don't. I don't mean the ones that have come out the last few years. These little individuals. They, yeah. they did four, four compilation CDs called Short Trips. One short trip, two short trips, three short trips, four. Which were a story for each of the first eight Doctors. Yes. All narrated by a different actor, uh, associated with the era in question or the audios that have spun out of that era. They're really fun. They're light. Yeah. Each adventure is about fifteen minutes long. Hits the spot. Eight on each disc. Everyone and their wife is going to tell you to listen to spare parts, and and it's, and it's pretty good. And Zagreus. Uh I don't think I've actually listened to Zagreus, You know, Zagreus is great. Um, Which is a cut line from the lullaby. Zagreus <laughs> um, is, is pretty great, you guys. That's, um, that's the final line of the rhyme. Cold. I don't know if it's on uh, Spotify, but Colditz is a pretty good one. That's Sylvester McCoy. And Sophie Aldred in Colditz, obviously, in the Second yeah. World War. And David Tennant's in it. Yeah. Um, Recorded in 2003? Yeah, and he was literally so. across the corridor doing something else, found out what they were doing, and asked if he could pop up in it. So they went, yeah, go on. Yeah, like, come you, on. Because they have a lot of roles at Big Finish where they're very short roles, so they sometimes loan them out to friends or, or fans that yeah. they've spoken to. Matt right, Gates is in a couple of the early ones and yeah. things like that, so... It's how, I, it's how I ended up in Gallifrey 4. Nice. Because I did the Sarah Jane Adventures behind the scenes and Gary Russell went, you really give a shit about this show. That's really refreshing to see. <laughs> Next Friday, if you, you really pop on to the studios, would you record a couple? Like, we've got bit part lines that just like myself or one of the other team would just fill in and do. Do you want to do them? Like, it's not paid, but, you know, so it's completely up to you. And I went, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And on lunchtime, despite the advice of my exec producer, who was a twat um i skived yeah because he's left and his name is implicated in hmrc investigations hey so uh and he was a twat uh but uh they went oh we're not sure about you doing other work um Mm. like outside of uh what i was doing at the time which you can all probably guess Uh, it's licensed and i was like all right okay and then i turned around to my immediate producer and went are we brainstorming at three and he went we can do why I said can we do it at four he went yeah that's fine I was like right and I just on my lunch hour went on the tube buggered cool. off to Big Finish recorded my cameos had a brief chat with everyone then left cool um, very nice very nice uh, so um, I, I, my Big Finish recommendations are Gallifrey 4 yes and um, Benice Summerfield the box set Epoch because there's a fantastic actor in several small parts in those um I think you should all write in and Listen. say that you should get more work. Um, uh, no, because um, I, did, I did come back to then play a part in one of the Gallifrey Four stories. I was yes. asked to play a role. I was paid for it, and then I played a role in the third story of the Summerfield's first box set. I so. the thing with Big Finish start the the ones that are on Spotify. Start from the beginning and and go towards the Doctors you like. Yes, that's yes, kind of what, that's, yes. Like that's if you like the sixth Doctor, but you think his era was sort of criminally mishandled. Really good, actually. Listen to Colin's audio. The first two Colin ones, uh, Whispers of Terror and the Marion Conspiracy, they're both pretty good. I like the Last Adventure as well. Have you heard that? No, it's the box set they did where they sort of finally unquote oh, well, told game his last regeneration story. It's three no, stories. Okay. Over different eras with different companions. There's like one with Perry, one with Mel, one with Charlie? Charlie is... Yeah, she's the Eighth Doctor's companion at the start and then later on she becomes the Sixth Doctor's companion. 
Yeah. And then one with one of his more recent ones. I can't remember. I don't know who Miranda Raisin's character. I don't know. I've, I've not listened that far. But it's uh, so it's just one, one with each of them, and then the last one is with Mel, uh, because it's set like it leading into the regeneration. Yeah. But there's a thread throughout the other three, which all tie into the last story of the box set, which is his actual last adventure. Which yeah, and it's stuff to do with the Valyard, and it wraps up that story as well. Oh good. So if you take Big Finish as canon. You don't have to worry about the Valiard after that. Like, it's explained away and it makes sense. Everything is canon and, and it's good. nothing sort of, is canon. He sort of died. <laughs> it was more of a sacrifice and not a he bumped his fucking what, head and died. What, what they... What they <laughs> the explanation they came up with in the New Adventures books <laughs> is that... He drank too much carrot juice. The, the, the emergent Seventh Doctor personality was already present. And it, and it took advantage of the Rani's attack on the TARDIS to basically kill the sixth doctor that's weird because that so suggests could... that the seventh doctor forced his previous incarnation into death yes which is not really like his character at all like he's a he's a nice I don't know. he's a he's a he's a he's a chess player and the, uh, yeah, and that, a, the implication a, a, is that a, a, he did a sort it. Of manipulate manipulative trickster character hide, hiding behind a clown but he doesn't hate himself that much no, to sort of it, not not a hateful thing it was like okay I need to come forward now because I need to get some shit done. Okay, which he then doesn't, because for a whole season yeah. he's a goofy ass bastard hey, and is the worst version of the character. Listen, the new adventures were weird. Yeah. Also, everything is canon. Nothing is canon. Yeah, you hear Sylvester in the last adventure, and in inside his consciousness, there's sort of like a handover almost. Not the two versions talking to each other. No. But as he's speaking, Colin's voice slowly turns into Sylvester's voice. That's good. And it's like mentally it's happening. And then it sort of settles on Colin in a scene sort of told a few minutes prior and stuff. And so he gets the last word of the audio and everything. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Big Finish isn't for everybody, but you'll find stuff you like. And like you say, hone in on the Doctor. Yeah. Enjoy listening to and go go for more of them. Consistency is not Big Finish's byline. No. But they put a lot of shit out there. So, you know... They definitely get some of it right. I'm not the biggest fan, but they make stuff for a very specific fan base that that specific fan base are going to love. Yeah. Or hate, but whatever. They make it because they're like, A, is a business. They're making it because it makes money. Yes. But B, if you love Doctor Who and you want to chuck a couple, like, you know, a couple more pennies its way throughout the year to get more Doctor Who content, Big Finish are making it. Yeah. So, tuck in if it's your thing. Yes. They're not. They're not hurting anyone. That we know of. <gasps> and the buffets are amazing. Um, <laughs> people always said the big finish lunches. I've had a couple. They are that memorable that oh, like six years on, I'm like, they were amazing. So, yeah. Thank you, Toby, the technical um, wizard of Big Finish, and your culinary skills. Right, speaking, of, go? speaking of culinary skills, uh, <laughs> we should probably we're go make some dinner. now and make some food. I'm going to go home and make some uh, grilled salmon tabula. Oh, fuck me. No. Okay. I'm going to go home and make some grilled salmon to the villa. I haven't oh. got time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not cooking tonight. Oh. I've been cooking a lot this last couple of weeks because Lou's been injured. I'm now also injured, but because she can be on her feet a bit longer than I can, um, 
she's going to... And yeah, I moved this room around because yeah. I'm a freaking idiot. Yeah, but you, you just kind of had to shuffle. You didn't have to move very much. That's true. I emptied this desk out in its entirety and then just slowly, you wanna, slowly shuffled it from you one part a, of the room to You want a wheelie swingy chair. You can do most of it from there. Just wheel and swing. Two wheels break off on this regularly. It's because you keep wheeling and swinging it on carpet, you numpt it. That's true. Um, but because of that, she's making her chili tonight. And Lucy's chili is amazing. Uh, but else is amazing. Communication. If you want to find out what we thought of the Pokemon Detective Pikachu second trailer, go to Twitter. We're on Twitter at Big Damn Cast. We'll talk about it and plenty of other things. Give us a follow while you're there. Give us a follow on the Twitch. On the Matt's Twitch. Adventures in Backlogging plays uh, usually twice a week, yes. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Yes. I'm popping in and out of the Twitch as well, either when I'm there directly or uh, hosting uh, my stream from Thingy. So twitch.tv slash Big Damn Stream. If you're listening to this on YouTube, thanks. If you're not, we have a YouTube Big Damn Channel. Our film reviews go up early. Archive gameplay. All the little treats are on there as well. Go and check it out. Uh, and yes. of course, you can get in touch and email us for the podcast. Big Damn Contact at gmail.com. That's the one. If you could send us your mother's maiden name, uh, your pin, you... your bank, then you're an idiot, so don't do that. But, <laughs> uh, send us anything else and we'll happily accept. Till then, Matt will leave you with these wise words from Academy Award winning director Alfonso Curran. He definitely said what you're about to hear. <laughs> Chris Columbus is a hack.